You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you tuned in today. So we're still talking about prayer because we believe that God is up to something very special at Carterville, and we think that He is very interested in teaching us to be people of prayer. So if you were here Sunday, uh, I preached a sermon from the book of Acts. I said that prayer precedes Pentecost, you know, that before before the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles, before revival broke out in Jerusalem, they were devoted to prayer. Even when the church was forming, they were devoted to prayer. At all these major moments, they were devoted to prayer. And so I feel strongly that God was telling Carterville that our next step of spiritual growth is to become people of prayer. So here's a checkup. How are you doing in your prayer life? Have you stopped to carve out that time for prayer since Sunday? I hope that you already have. If you have, way to go. Keep it up. And if you haven't, there's no time like today to make that decision and become a person of prayer starting right now. So prayer strikes me as one of the most basic elements in our spiritual life. In fact, it is so simple that we might be in danger of overlooking it or thinking that we need something you know, uh, more complex, more mysterious than prayer if we're going to grow spiritually. But it turns out that's not the case. The most fundamental aspect of our spiritual life is prayer. And so I want to be very direct. Very likely for a lot of us, the thing that we're missing in our spiritual growth right now depends on our prayer life. Maybe for some of us, it's learning to pray differently, to move from a rote prayer uh, to a prayer where we're being changed by God, we're being intimate with God, being open with God, more honest with God, or praying the Lord's prayers and outline so we have a healthier, more balanced prayer. So for some of us, you know, maybe it's how we pray needs to change radically. But for others of us, it's just that we are praying. Like it's to to carve out time for prayer. So here's here's prayer, the most powerful and yet simple component of our spiritual life. And the reality is I find that while it is so very basic, we look right past it. We expect God to do great things in our life, or we wonder what's missing uh, when we aren't, in in the very basic sense, people of prayer. So I want to use the story of Naaman the leper from 2 Kings chapter 5 to remind us of a very simple spiritual truth. And it's very it, here it is. So Naaman's this leper who is, uh, he's a... He's a commander in the army of Aram. It's a pagan army. They're enemies of Israel. But he's leprous. He's come down with leprosy. And he knows that's going to change his life. So he goes to his king who loves him because he's a valiant warrior. And he says, you know, I've heard there's a prophet in Israel. He had a servant girl that he'd captured in a raid. He was a slave girl who said, you know what? There's a a prophet back home, uh, Elisha, who can cure you. So he asked the king, you know, would you write me a letter? The king says, I will write you a letter. So the king of Aram writes a letter to the king of Israel. And surely, you know, as we get these political powers in place, things are going to change. So Naaman goes to the king of Israel with his big letters from the king of Aram. The king of Israel is afraid because he thinks, you know, this is a trick. I can't cure your leprosy. You know, Elisha doesn't do the things I tell him to do. Well, anyway, so Elisha and Naaman are ready to connect. And so Naaman goes to Elisha, and Elisha doesn't even come out to greet him. He's not impressed by his status. He's not impressed by his prestige. He sends a servant just out to tell Naaman that what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to go to the Jordan River and basically wash yourself, baptize yourself 
and then you'll be clean. So Naaman's extremely insulted because Elisha did not even come out to tell him this. Just a he sent a messenger. You know, he was expecting to be treated with like, you know, great respect. It's, it's a really neat story. So I want to pick up in verse 11. So Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. And then he's going to remember some rivers back home that he thinks are better than Jordan. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and he went off in a rage. So Naaman has been told to do something very, very simple. Go wash in the Jordan. And he's upset. He really thought that you know, Elijah was going to come out with some dramatic process, waving his arms, calling out on the name of God. And that this holy man would put his holy hands on Naaman and cleanse him. But that's not at all what happened. It's a really cool test of obedience. Elisha wants to give Naaman the opportunity to humble himself, because he's been very arrogant so far, and submit to God, to the God of Israel. Not to Elisha the prophet, but to God himself. And so... Here's the conversation that follows. In verse 13, this is pretty neat to me. So Naaman's about to storm off and go home. And it's actually servants who convince him not to, which I think that's fantastic. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? In other words, if he told you to climb some tall mountain and you know, sit for a week or to go you know, overcome some beast and save a village. And if he told you to do some big heroic thing, you would have done it. So watch this. If he had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you to wash and be cleansed? In other words, they said, all right, Naaman, you're kind of thrown off track because the prophet asked you to do something simple. You're almost insulted because it's so simple. Go wash in the river. If he had asked you to do some great thing, you would have done it. And so the servants just look at him and say, why don't you do this really simple thing? Okay, so the story goes on that Naaman does it. He goes to the Jordan River, he humbles himself, he baptizes himself, washes himself in the Jordan River, and he's cleansed. And from then he becomes a worshiper of God, of the God of Israel. Like he he takes dirt from Israel home so he can make an altar at home that would remind him of being in Israel. Like he begins to give the rest of his life to worshiping the living God. It's a powerful story. Okay, why on earth would I share that story with you today? Because here's how some of us feel about prayer. We think that if we're going to have some kind of spiritual breakthrough, that's going to depend on us learning something we've never, ever thought of before. That a spiritual breakthrough for us would be hidden around some great spiritual feat that we'd have to accomplish. Or we'd have to go to some revival with a famous preacher preaching over us. And, and the reality is, for most of us, what's missing in our spiritual life is probably the most simple aspect of our spiritual life, prayer. And so I'm saying to you what Naaman's servants said to him. Hey, if God had asked you to do some great thing to grow spiritually, you would have done it. So how much more that he's asking you to do the most simple of things, to meet with him in prayer, to have conversations in private, to to guard your life, to block out time, to have personal, intimate time alone with God. So the story of Naaman, it's not a story about prayer, 
but it's a story about how we feel when we look at a simple thing that God tells us to do and we feel like it was too simple. So I want to ask you to covenant that you would be people of prayer. If you haven't already started blocking out time for your prayer life, I want to ask you if you would start now. Church family, I am convinced that our faithfulness and our growth with God will depend on the most simple of spiritual disciplines, prayer. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I hope that you're blessed today as you block out time for prayer.